Leadership Story Talks, where we discuss the practices that engage, motivate, develop, retain, and attract people to businesses. We'll give you principles and tools based on real-world stories to leverage listening and storytelling to become a better leader and management professional. Leadership Story Talks is produced by Narrative, a company that focuses on personal storytelling for business. Welcome to Leadership Story Talks. In this podcast, Julianne Ryan and I, Jerome DeRoy, discuss ways in which we can create more engagement in our lives, especially at work. There are more people who identify as disengaged at work than there are who say they feel engaged. We come from Narrative, which is a company that focuses on engaging businesses and their audiences through the power of listening and storytelling, employing a seven-step method to do so. Um, and today I am talking with my wonderful co-host, Julianne Ryan. Um, hi, Jules. Hello and, uh, we, uh, we wanted to talk about well-being, didn't we? Um, especially in the workplace and how do we, how do we you know, make sure uh, that we have things in place that are paying attention to the well-being of our employees. And one of the, one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this is that there was a, a study that sort of inspired this uh, conversation that came out. Actually, a previous guest on this podcast shared this study on LinkedIn. And this previous guest is all about financial wellness and helping organizations um, find solutions for their employees around, around financial wellness that aren't just about increasing your salary. Um, and so this study was a study that showed the difference. It was a very big study that was done in the UK where um, in the real world, they took a, a couple of real companies and put half of the employees on a four-day work week regimen mm. for a number of months. And the rest of the employees were on a five-day work week regimen. And it's still early to, to talk about you know, how this may apply to lots of different industries and different types of organizations. But suffice it to say that this was a, a white collar um, industry uh, type organization. And that what they found is that the productivity did not go down for the four day work week people, but actually went up. And not only that, but their health, both mental and physical, they reported better mental and physical health uh, when they were working four days a week than when they were working five days a week. So it's it's it prompted us to to think about this topic. And, you know, we we sort of, I've certainly grown up in an environment where, uh, and even gone to business school and just my work environment, where the value of work is closely tied to how much time you put into your work sure. and how you use your time, right? And I think what we're finding out now is that, some of that can be a little erroneous um, and uh, and that maybe we overvalue the time we put into work and undervalue the effects of that overtime we're putting into work on our bodies and on our mental health. I agree. I think a lot of times it was optics and it becomes like one-upmanship too about mm. who's who is looking, you know, giving the appearance of being productive versus being productive, thinking-wise and everything. But I, I do go back to like in prior years when I had experience having four-day work weeks for the, you know, for the staff in some cases and then for myself. And I just feel like it's a matter of control, that you have some control over the parts of your life that don't fit neatly into a work schedule. And I think that was a big help 
to know that you could compartmentalize that part of you and know you can address things that you're juggling all the time. So I think that's a smart move as we have tried to reinvent every type of work situation the last few years. We have now known that it is not impossible if you put some thought into it um, and hold yourself and others accountable what your values are and what is the finished product look like. So there's a little more planning, I think, that has to mm. do and thinking when you're doing that kind of group work or virtual work. So that's that's the sticky wicket. What do you, have you had that in some situations where you were given an option to kind of frame out your own schedule? I know a narrative you did in some, in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, to answer your question, yes, because I, you know, certainly uh, when I first started out um, at narrative and, and kind of was building the business of it, um, you know, which I guess you could argue that we're always building the, the business, but, but, you know, certainly at, there's a, at the very beginning, there's a lot of hours that are put into, you know, uh, just getting started. And, and I think a lot of, and as a result of, you know, starting this, this business and, and what it is today in, and turning it into what it is today, I met a lot of other entrepreneurs and people who had their own businesses and learned a lot from them. And it was kind of a community of support. And mm -hmm. what I realized fairly quickly is that the advice that was coming back towards me was, how are you using your time? And rather than sort of just putting time in for the sake of putting time in, which is sort of where I had come from in the corporate world when I was working in finance, um, definitely where you're talking about one-upmanship, nobody would leave the office until the, the managing director had left the office. Um, and so if that meant the person left at 8 p.m., then everybody would be looking at each other and say, well, who's going to leave at nine? Who's going to leave? <laughs> you know, and so so it's sort of even though I knew that and, and I certainly have noticed since then that we tend to get diminished returns as the day goes on. And I've certainly discovered for myself getting this advice from so many people of looking at how you spend your time and where are you the most efficient, the most effective. And that's when you should be doing all the important work. And mm -hmm. then all the admin, you know, those things that aren't so much about the building of your business, but are still necessary. Do that in those moments when you're not quite um, as you don't need to be as on um, as as for these other tasks, right? Uh, when you're, you're just kind of checking some boxes and you can do that and put some music on and do it in a more relaxed way, but take more time with it, right? My um, word is so, trivia. Um, but when I remember the first time we met, you were you were using the word intentional, which I thought was mm -hmm. quite an interesting experience. That that was not a word that uh, came up in a lot of other meetings I had been in. So I thought that was a very good approach to what you were planning to do in the room and in the our, our session, but also it translated into other parts of the the work. Right. Yeah. What's your intention in, in how you're spending your time? Um, because, it, you know, if your intention is to impress somebody, uh, then you're, you know, maybe that's the way to do it is to spend a lot of time there, even though, you know, you may not be super productive. Uh, mm -hmm. but, I, but I think that's kind of what we're discovering now is that because of the remote workplace, uh, you know, being so prevalent in the last few years, uh, and now hybrid models, we're paying a lot more attention to how people work, what they prefer, 
when are they most, most productive? We also have technology that helps us to track all of that stuff. Sometimes it could be done with adverse effects, but if we use that to wait, that's right. Yeah. Don't give me something else to answer. Um, but I, you know, I keep getting that as a wellness thing. And I realize wellness is really just taking a pause and just giving yourself some quiet time and reflection. It's not a big mm. formula sometimes. It just, I think, control. Mm figuring out what you said, your own biorhythms of what, when you're your smartest and most, most functional and, um, and being able to communicate that and having people build some trust and understanding about, you know, how work can get done, you know, when they can collaborate and when you need some right. separate time for thinking. Yeah. You know, recently I, I, I had an experience where um, I finished a, a project that was pretty uh, intensive with, you know, a deadline that we were bumping up against and, you know, we needed to put some long hours and, um, and everything happened um, as it as it needed to happen. Mm -hmm. And then uh, at the same time, my spouse had to take a trip. And so, you know, suddenly I was with the, the two young kids and with these deadlines. And so I came out of that week, you know, really exhausted. And the 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 project ended on a Friday. And so I thought, well, I've got the weekend, you know, to relax, etc. And my spouse was coming back. But then, you know, the kids are still there. And so it's not like I could really take time off. And I just decided, okay, well, I looked at my week and it was kind of a, a you know, 24 hour decision of I'm going to work on Monday and I'll take the Tuesday off. Um, and I moved some things around just so that I could unplug and recharge yeah. a little bit because had I not done that, my entire week following this would have been out because I would have been in front of my computer, but really not, yeah. not effective and not efficient. And so, you know, but it takes that self-awareness to sort of understand what do you need uh, in this moment? How are you feeling? Scan your body. I, I think there are, mm -hmm. meditation is one of those things and mindfulness is mindfulness practices that one might have are really helpful in these moments where you just close your eyes and you scan your entire body and you notice the points of tension, the ones that, you know, you're used to, what are the new ones that weren't there a week ago, <laughs> you know, and, and what's that about? And then you kind of reflect on that. But you brought up one thing too, that I, I know it. And then um, when I finished a project, especially if it's on, in, in on site or doing teamwork and you've been prepping it there's a point where you crash after it's right. because you all your energy all your your mindset you're you're on and you're managing it and then it is like a really letdown at the end you gotta give your body i know i have to give my body a chance and realize i have to factor that in the body's going to be reacting the next day because you think going full tilt and holding a lot of things in mm, yeah and, and you know, to bring it back to uh, to storytelling, I, I was uh, introduced to an, a really interesting exercise recently, uh, mm. which is called body mapping, mm. um, where you you um, you you work with life size uh, paper rolls, and uh, and you put a, a big piece, six foot piece of you know, seven foot piece, actually eight foot piece of paper on the floor, um, and then you lie down on that piece of paper and somebody else traces the outline of your body. And then as you go along the day doing this exercise, 
you have prompts that are asked of you, you know, where were you born? What happened to this body? Where are some scars? Things like that. And stories start to emerge uh, about your body. And what, what I found fascinating about it is what I learned about myself and my kind of own journey through what's happened to my body and noticing, you know, they ask about where do emotions happen in your body? Is it around the heart? Is it around the head? Is it around wherever it is? What are the points that are kind of powerful in your body that make you feel confident and you point those out. And then you, at the end of it, you look at it and you're, wow, these are, and you start telling stories about it, you know? And, and I think that's uh, it's an interesting exercise to become more and more aware of the link between your mental health and your physical health, um, you know, the body and the mind. Um, and the more I think we can bridge the gap there, um, the, the more, you know, the better we'll feel basically. Uh, that's what I found. And, and certainly stories start to emerge that you can share with us, with, with others about yourself that might be helpful for people to know. You know, if they know that this thing happened to you that affects how you think, um, then that's helpful to me as a colleague because now I know and, and maybe we can, we can work together on that and, and work around that. That is, now I want to try more because I know there's a whole dance and movement thing that goes into that, how people hold stress mm. and overusing muscles and underusing. So that's interesting. Yeah. We haven't talked about this, how we can put this to, to better use. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. We should have a guest that talks about uh, you know, these, uh, these things, the relation between the body and the mind. Uh, that, that'll be interesting. So stay tuned, everybody, for, for that one. <laughs> Um, well, great. Anything else, uh, Jules, on this topic? No, we're good on this. I think well, there's always more to cover and it's it's just kind of a, a country road and have things that we can weave in the whole connection with the body and the story and what we're telling ourselves inside, as well as what we're projecting uh, yeah. to the outside world. So I think we should do something about movement and uh, yeah. connecting the dots. And because there is a lot, I remember doing dance therapy years ago about how we choose to, what we feel comfortable in the way of using space mm. and um, in holding space and movement. So I think that would be very good. Great, great. Okay, well, stay tuned, everybody. We'll be, we'll be looking for a guest around uh, movement. And if anybody knows anyone, actually, maybe they'll want to uh, have some suggestions for us. Uh, those are always welcome. Well, thanks, Jules, uh, once again, for, uh, for being my co-host and, and talking about this, uh, this topic, which I think is really, really important and, and timely and probably timeless, actually, the way we, we think about uh, wellness. Uh, and I want to thank our listeners for, for listening and uh, remind you to subscribe to our podcast uh, anywhere you find this podcast, your favorite uh, podcast platform, and leave a review uh, whenever you can, because that's really what drives the word of mouth and what's going to allow us to reach more people so that they can benefit from the insights uh, and, and the value that you get out of this. And as always, please visit our website, narrative.com, N-A-R-A-T-I-V.com for information on how you can find, craft, and present the stories that are going to engage your audiences like nothing else has before. We're always ready to listen to you and welcome whatever you bring us. So thanks again, everyone, and uh, we will see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. For more information on the narrative listening and storytelling method and how it can help your business, go to narrative.com.